Philippians 3, the whole chapter and the first verse of chapter 4. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were, gained, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then, who are mature, should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For, as I have often told you before, and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a saviour from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who, by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, dear friends. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks for reading for us, Angela. Um, please do keep your Bibles open um, to, uh, to or, or your service sheets open to the Bible, uh, and that will be a really helpful thing. Um, and as we start, let me ask you a bit of a question. 
What things threaten your joy in Jesus? What things maybe even threaten your relationship with Jesus? Now, I imagine there'll be all sorts of different answers, lots, lots of right answers uh, to that in this room. But perhaps one of the things that might surprise us is that one of the things that might threaten our relationship with Jesus, might even threaten our joy in Jesus, is being here today. Or, or reading our Bibles. Or giving to church. What on earth could I possibly mean by that? Well, let's pray together and dive into our passage for today. Father God, thank you so, so much for Jesus. Father, I pray that that now you would do what I can't do. Would you speak to us by your spirit? Would you give us such a view of your son that we would not settle for a sham righteousness? For, for, for cheap imitations of right relationship with him, I pray. Amen. Um, Paul starts the passage, doesn't he? Verse 1, he says, uh, brothers, my, uh, further, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. It's a safeguard for you. Uh, Paul, he's writing the same things again, isn't he? Uh, rejoice, we, we've heard that. It's something that this, this letter oozes. Remember, it oozes joy because it oozes Jesus. We saw that a few weeks ago. Uh, we've seen how as we focus on Jesus' glory... We find joy despite our current circumstance, indeed in every circumstance. We've seen as we've looked on Jesus' humility, uh, that he models that kind of joy-filled, other person-centred humility. We saw last week uh, that as he works in us, uh, and part of that is working his joy in us, uh, then we work out our salvation Uh, with fear and trembling. We pour ourselves out in relationship to one another. Uh, And so Paul, he says, look, I want you to be rejoicing. In fact, it's a safeguard for you. It's going to protect you. Protect you from what? Well, verse 2. Watch out for the dogs, those evildoers, the mutilators of the flesh. For it's we who are the circumcision, who serve God by his spirit, who boast in Christ Jesus and put no confidence uh, in the flesh. He says, uh, watch out because there are some uh, dogs who are coming among you. What's he talking about? Uh, Well, in those days, there were a group, uh, in fact, they called themselves the circumcision. Uh, And what they were pretty keen on saying was, if you've got Jesus, that is great. It's great to have Jesus. But do you know what? If you want to really be in, If you want real, authentic Christianity, if you want kind of Christianity creme de la creme, then what you really need is to follow Jesus and also follow the Old Testament law, and particularly circumcision. And Paul, he says, look, circumcision will rob you of Christian joy. Some of you guys are looking at me and you're like, yeah, without anaesthetic first century circumcision, probably I can see that. But it's, it's far deeper than that. It's far, it's far more than that. He says, uh, actually, those people who are calling you to do that are misleading. He calls them dogs. That was the kind of Jewish derogatory term for the Gentiles. He says that they're actually acting against what they're saying they are. Why? Because if we have Jesus and anybody comes to us saying you need more, we will always end up with loss. 
This is actually uh, one of the things that does sometimes happen in religious circles. People say, oh, you need Jesus and you need more. Um, this is one of the things that set off the Reformation a few years ago. It's actually one of the reasons why I will always refer to the table behind me as a communion table and not an altar. Uh, because uh, altar is where a place of sacrifice happens. Uh, Old Testament altar sacrifices happen. Uh, the priest, it's one of the reasons I don't really like the term priests, would sacrifice uh, again and again Jesus in the Mass so that people would come and there have their sins forgiven. Uh, so you would, uh, you would have your sins forgiven and then you'd need Jesus, but you'd also need to keep coming back to the Mass because as you came back, that would be the re-washing away of your sins. In Reformation times, that was called out. And people said, no, that's adding more to what Jesus has done. You need to do Jesus and. I'm not saying that's where every Catholic is today. I'm saying that's historically where they've been. And because of that, that's why I, I call that a communion table. It happens religiously, but perhaps it happens, and perhaps this is more of our danger, it happens inside us. Paul talks about putting uh, confidence in the flesh, in things that we do. And then he, he reels off his uh, Christian CV, if you like. A few years ago, I, I applied for a job and I was asked to write a Christian CV. I thought, well, what's, what's that? Um, well, if Paul submitted this, it would be a fairly good one, at least uh, for a Jewish person. He says, uh, if somebody else thinks they've got reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. That's a bold, bold claim, but let's see why. He says, verse 3, circumcised on the eighth day, just like any good Jewish child would have been, any good Jewish boy would have been, of the people of Israel, the people of God, God's own people, of the tribe of Benjamin. Obviously, I, I quite like that tribe, but actually, so did Jacob. Do you, do you remember in, in, in the end of Genesis, Jacob, Jacob and sons, the, Jason and his technicolored dream coat, Jacob didn't want Benjamin to be let go. He, he was particularly fond of him. Paul was of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. In regard to the law, a Pharisee, the strictest sect of the religious Jewish people. He would have spent hours and hours and hours studying his Torah. He would have spent hours and hours sitting under people, learning from them. This is a huge amount of activity uh, that has gone into his Christian CV. As for zeal, persecuting the church, he says. Uh, if, you, if, you, if, if you wanted to look for a Pharisee who was really going for it, look at a Pharisee who would leave his home uh, and his family and, and go off around the place, uh, hunting out people who were getting things wrong. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless, he says. It's a bold claim. He says, look, Religious activity, I have done that. I've got that down. But, verse 7, whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. He says, all those hours, all those sleepless nights studying or, or hunting out Christians, all those days of time spent in the Torah of, of, of regular prayers, uh, all of that I consider loss for the sake of gaining Christ. Uh, and that's quite challenging for us because here's the thing, in this room there are plenty of us who've got pretty impressive Christian CVs. You think, oh, think of the hours that you've spent studying the Bible. 
Think of the prayers that you've prayed over years. Maybe uh, some of us you get up early to pray. Think of the amount of money that over the years you've given to church. You say, oh, 10%, that's Old Testament. <laughs> I, I give way more than that. Th- think of the cumulative total. Think of the number of times that you've denied yourself to serve others in the church. Some of us here would say, well, look, I, I've, I've literally just left a church family that I love. I've taken my kids out of a church family that, where, where, where there's lots of, started somewhere new and I love it here, but, it's, uh, but that's a big sacrifice moving away from what I know. Look at all that I'm doing. Others would say, look, I've, I've been in this building for many, many years. I, I've worked hard, tirelessly to keep it going. And now I'm loving people coming into the building and doing things differently. And I'm, I'm working to do it. Look at all that I'm doing for Jesus. We, we might have impressive Christian CVs. But Paul, he looks at all his impression stuff. And he says, not only is it not gain to me anymore, but it's actively in the losses column. Not only is, are those things no longer positive, but they're actively negative. For the sake of knowing Christ. What does he mean? Let's read on. Verse 8. What's more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord. Uh, For whose sake I have lost all things, I consider them garbage that I might gain Christ and and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Paul, he says, I consider them loss because what they were offering me was a sham righteousness. A righteousness based on, on me. During lockdown, there was um, a bit of a craze that went on as, uh, as people uh, couldn't go to art galleries anymore. And so they thought they would recreate some famous pieces of art. So uh, uh, we've got a few to show you. Um, uh, so this here is, uh, is, is, is modern Rome, um, both in its original and, and then in its recreation. I think, very, you know, very clever uh, and, uh, and quite good. Uh, let's see the next one. Uh, this is a hare in the woods. Uh, or a dog uh, in a woods. Um, but, you know, you can see how they've, they've spent time. They've, they've framed it. It's quite, it's quite clever, really. Uh, and this was probably my favourite. Um, this here uh, is, of course, uh, Mirabelle, um, painted in 1990. It's up in the Tate. Uh, you can go and see it. Um, of course, I'm talking about the image on the left. Uh, on the right, there's a recreation made of, of, of toilet paper. Uh, we'll leave that on the screen for a few minutes. Because those things are really clever, aren't they? But uh, um, imagine going to uh, uh, Helen Frankenthaler, high culture for you. She's the person who, who painted Mirabelle. Uh, imagine going to her with your pieces of toilet paper and saying, look, I've created your art. She'd smile. Imagine going to her and saying, look, this is as good as your art, isn't it? How do you think she would respond once she realised you were being serious? My friends, the problem often with our CV is if we're looking to the things that we have done to make us right with God or to make God pleased with us, 
It's like holding up the toilet paper to Helen saying, look, I, I, I've, done, I've done good, haven't I? We've seen that as Christians, we are those who have sinned. We've fallen short of God's glory. We've seen that Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, died on a cross for you and me. Imagine then going up to God and saying, hey, do you know what? I know the infinite value of the blood of Jesus that was, that was, that was spilt at the cross. But what's really going to make you pleased with me is, well, look, look at my bank account details. Look at my giving. Hey, hey, hey Jesus, I know that you died for me in my place. You took the hell that I deserved in order to give me a perfect righteousness before God. A, a perfect place to stand. Hey, hey but... What's really going to make you smile is, hey, do you know what? I helped out in children's church a few times. Hey, Jesus, remember those, those hands that flung stars into space and nails were put through them? Yeah, thanks for that. But do you know what? Actually, what I, what I really care about and what you really care about, it's got to have been the fact that actually I drove an electric car rather than a petrol one. Friends, when we lay it out like that, it's, it's sick, isn't it? And yet, and yet how tempting it is when God convicts us of sin or, or, or we realise that we've messed up to think, oh, but I'm reading Bible in a year, so it'll be all right. Or we think, does God love me? Oh yes, he must love me because look at all that I'm doing for him. Or perhaps we, we, we twist it around slightly and we look down on other people and we think, well, I'm a better Christian because look what I'm doing and look what they're not doing. All of those are subtly putting confidence in the flesh. All of those are subtly saying, it's Jesus plus Paul says, I put no confidence in the flesh because that leads to a sham righteousness. No, I I only want the righteousness that comes from God. And so all saints, if you are here today and you are giving money to the church and you think that that is what is making you right with God or that God is more pleased with you because of your giving, I want you... I want you to cancel your direct debit. I want you to stop giving money to the church. If you're helping out at Children's Church or uh, Natter or any of the groups that we're doing, and, and you're doing that thinking, uh, this is making me right with God, uh, or this is adding something to my relation, I want you to stop doing those things. I, I'm being deadly serious. I would rather the, the, that this church was bankrupt than that we had a group of people who were giving, thinking that somehow we were earning our way to God. Because, my friends, that is a sham righteousness. It's saying to Helen Mirren, hey, look at my toilet roll. In fact, Paul, he, he says, that stuff is garbage. You know, the original Greek word for, that, for the way in which Paul thinks about that kind of thinking, that he used to think, is kubalon. So, scubalon. 
And if we were here in the first century, there would have been an audible intake of breath. Because that word scubalon, it means excrement, poo. Only in the strongest possible terms of that word. He says, I look at all of that, all that that which I did, all of that hard work, all of the things that that I thought might make me right with God. and, And do you know what? It's all poo. Because actually what I needed was God's righteousness given to me in Jesus. I needed the real thing. I said it would ruin our relationship with God. It actually makes us end up loathing God. Martin Luther, um, one of the reformers, I wondered also years ago, uh, he, taught, he, he used to think like this, if only I did enough right. Uh, and he recognised that he, he, he couldn't do everything right. He couldn't get the kind of righteousness that God wanted. Uh, and he said, I didn't love God. No, I hated him. And that's where we'll end up. If we're trying to earn our way to God, we'll end up hating him. Paul says, I don't want a righteousness for myself, verse 9, but a righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Now, some of us are thinking, okay, but, but surely, you know, you're, you're a vicar, you're not going to say it's a bad thing to come to church, or, or to give to church, or, 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 or to, to, to live things out. And, and no, those things aren't necessarily bad things. I'm not saying beat yourself up if you give to church. Please don't hear me say that. I'm saying stop giving to church if you think you're earning your way to Jesus by doing it. But... It's very interesting. Paul goes on to talk about the change that Jesus makes. He says, I want to know Jesus, verse 10. Uh, Yes, to know the power of his resurrection, participate in his sufferings, become like him in his death. All of that sounds like doing stuff, doesn't it? Verse 16, only let us live up to what we've already attained. So how then do I give in a way that doesn't rid me of joy? Well, I give not in order to make my way to Jesus, but I give by looking at him who gave everything to me. And as I see that, I want to be more like him. And so I begin to enjoy giving. Why? Because I get to be like Jesus. I I, I begin uh, to enjoy serving others. Why? Because I've got a God who, who became nothing. And I see the beauty of that, and I want to be like that. I begin to have joy in sufferings. Why? Because as I suffer for Jesus, I'm like him. We don't have time to dive into all of the outworkings of this passage. I'd love to spend longer uh, on it. Paul is not saying that the law in the Old Testament is a bad thing. Elsewhere he says there's lots of advantage to being a Jew in every way. There's lots of good things from the law. But not if we're trying to earn our way to God. There's lots of good things that we do in the Christian life, but not if we're trying to earn our way to God. Our giving, our serving, our loving can only be as a response to what Jesus has done for us, rather than to try and earn it. And the way that we know that is a question. Am I joyful about this? Am I joyful about this? I'm going to give us a moment or two just to be quiet perhaps to, to test our actions and our thoughts where have I made good things into things that I think are earning my way to Jesus where do I need to repent of those
Where do I need to look again at Jesus, the one who gives me right standing with God, not because of anything I've done, but only because of his death? Where do I need to begin to ask Jesus to help me love him as a brother, as one who gives me righteousness rather than loathing him as a slave driver? we consider those things that we think would earn righteousness as garbage, that we might gain Christ, would we be found in him, not having a righteousness of our own that comes from anything we do, but only through faith in him. For we ask it in his name. Amen. Going to move on, and we're going to sing again. And I'm going to encourage us. Why don't we sing this uh, as a prayer? So please.